Because you see, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. Caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston podcast. It will in large part determine what's going to happen in 2022 and beyond. Camilla Harris talking about Virginia before Virginia. Truly shocking for many. Maybe not for you. Maybe you saw what was coming, but truly shocking for the Democrats, for the woke left to see the unthinkable happen. But of course, it makes sense with a president that was just chosen because he was a lesser of two evils. I don't know exactly what you're going to expect. And the head of the party is, uh, you know, half asleep, however you want to look at it, but he's not all there. And I think even uh, a majority of Americans would see that. So when a party doesn't have a leader at the top, they're going to suffer. That's one of the explanations for what happened in Virginia and what looks to be happening in New Jersey, too close to call there. But in Virginia, uh, you, you have this uh, uh, truly historic event happening. Um, and uh, people are wondering why. It's like Trump all over again for uh, the left, uh, for everybody seeing this happen uh, for the left. They still don't get it. They don't get it that they alienate themselves. They're so strict in their beliefs that there's no room uh, to have a difference of opinion, even within their own party, which is why many uh, uh, Democrats, uh, formerly were Democrats like myself, now consider themselves more libertarian, or independent, or even uh, Republican. Um, now, I believe, and it doesn't really matter what I believe, what it matters is what you believe, and I'm, I'm supposed to help uh, illuminate some things, and then you decide you know, how you want to decide. But I'll just take a moment to talk about what I believe, even though it doesn't really matter. But I, you know, I'm going to say that I think that there is a, a coalition to be had with populists on the right and populists on the left. And there is common ground to be had. But there is so much division over the culture wars and over the pronouns and critical race theory. And all these hot bot, uh, button topics that keep us uh, divided, not to say that it's not important, and they are important, but isn't there a greater coalition to be had with a populist movement that says citizenship matters, that say, you know, we have to uh, defend American citizens, uh, an American first, you know, policy, uh, defending the Constitution. Because it matters, doesn't it? The U.S. Constitution matters. Or, or is the U.S. Constitution antiquated? So is there a, um, a coalition of people that believe in the Constitution, believe 
in uh, in the country, that we're not an evil country, but that in fact uh, we need to defend ourselves, and, and not by going into endless wars, but by putting Americans first. Now, don't you think that we could um, find a group of people? Maybe yourself, you're a Democrat, and you say, "Hey, I believe in those things." Um, well, maybe you're a populist. Maybe you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and you agree with me uh, that the uh, the wealthy globalists, and I'm not just talking about wealthy, I'm talking about the super wealthy elite globalists. You know, there's like a hundred of these people and they they do horrible things, right? They try to stay young forever by harvesting uh, the blood of children, reportedly. You know, the Epstein crowd. Epstein had this underground dungeon. They did all kinds of things with, with children. And, you know, there's all these treatments, you know, you get the young blood, you stay young forever. You don't believe it. Google it. See for yourself. It's not crazy talk, but there's some of these super, super rich elites and are globalists or whatever. They don't believe in borders. They don't believe in citizens uh, or anything like that. It's just as pesky. It gets in the way. It gets in their way. And they've set up this dynamic, this framework, because the scariest thing, if you have $100 billion, uh, you know, or, or you're one of the, the richest, we're not talking about the 1%. We're talking about 0.1%. Talking about people that have more power than the government. Individuals that have more power than the people. You control the government because you have so much money. I mean, I guess you could say, is that really... Uh, that that uh, that that rich individual's fault, or is it the government's fault for being corrupt? But at a certain point, you have to understand. You got a hundred billion dollars. You got two hundred billion dollars. There's only about a hundred of these people, and they're doing weird stuff. They're all connected to the Epstein and the Bill Gates, and you know the whole thing. So, in in that scenario, isn't there a coalition between Bernie Sanders crowd and the Trump crowd? Isn't there some kind of common ground to be had where we can actually talk about uh, some of these some of these issues? Of course not. It's never going to happen. Maybe one day, you know. And that's why I'm talking about it. I I do believe. I do believe in that. Now, what do you think? Could the populist movements on the left and the right come together? Does it even matter? What's happening? Uh, what happened in Virginia? Is it absolutely historic? It looks to be, but why did it happen? Is it Trump all over again? Is that what this is? And I don't think so, but that's what it's being reported as. But I want uh, you know, I heard something interesting. I want, I want you to hear this. I want you to take a listen to Jake Tapper on CNN because he said something. I almost my jaw dropped. I didn't know uh, where. What planet I'm on? This is again. It's Jake Tapper, who's not the worst. I mean, he's not the worst of them, but he certainly is. Uh, you know, uh, woke in. You know, he's not woke out. He's woke in. Um, listen to Jake Tapper explain what he thinks or what he's hearing at least. And he, oh boy, is he careful? He's so afraid. Uh, you listen to him. He's so afraid right here about just being you know, completely overrun, taken down by his colleagues 
as he only, uh, he's just explaining what he's heard. Listen to Jake Tapper on CNN. One of the things I'm hearing is that their voters, and don't shoot the messenger, I'm passing on what I'm hearing from somebody talking about what their voters feel, their voters feel looked down upon. And I'm not talking about Republican voters looking down, um, feeling that they're being looked down upon. I'm talking about moderate to conservative Democrats feeling that they're looked down upon by pundits, by progressives, by other people who say that uh, who, if they express a feeling that maybe the schools should open, even if the teachers don't want us to want them to, uh, maybe teachers should listen to parents more often when it comes to what they're hearing. This is from a Virginian. Uh, maybe Joe Manchin has a point when he says uh, $1.5 trillion or $1.7 trillion is a lot of money. Let's take our time with it. Let's not rush it. They think uh, that makes sense. It makes sense, but there's no room for sense. There's no room for logic if it defies the narrative. And what's the narrative? Well, the narrative is preset. It's preset by the people at the top. I mean, and we're talking about uh, dark, dark forces here, a combination of deep state government forces, you know, news uh, stations that have spies that work for foreign agents. This is just a propaganda game. Where, where are you right now? As you listen to this podcast, as, as you're listening to my voice, where are you? On the road, driving, uh, going uh, to sleep, waking up, doing the dishes, doing chores, working out in the gym, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, what do you think? What do you think about, about having a, a discussion, open ideas, listening to viewpoints maybe you don't agree with? Because by listening right now, that's exactly what you're doing. You, you made it this far in the show to a point where you've been able to, to listen to viewpoints that maybe you don't necessarily agree with, or maybe you completely reject. But something about it intrigues you, doesn't it? Something about it keeps you listening. And the majority of Americans are like that. And they, they want to hear the other side. They want to think about different ideas. And for the longest time, uh, the, the biggest champion of this, uh, supposedly we're supposed to be liberals, the far left, supposed to be. How is it that there's unwillingness, an unwillingness on the left uh, to acknowledge how differing viewpoints are a form of diversity? Because the left, they love diversity, but except when it comes to the diversity of thought. There is no acceptance towards the diversity of thought, even nuance. I heard Joe Rogan, he just made this point so eloquently. And that's why I have to mention it. Because there's not even room for nuance. And here I am talking about a coalition between the populace on the left and the right. We can't even agree on nuances within our own parties. I think the left has a bigger problem with this than the right. 
But you see how even the right wing tried to snuff out Trump. Couldn't do it because it's a, it's a republic. People have a voice here. And, uh, and, and so they couldn't snuff them out. But on the, on the left wing, the Democrats have been more successful, I think, in towing the line with an official narrative. Critical race theory is like their string theory. Have you ever heard about string theory? Critical race theory is like their overarching theory of everything. And if, if you have any idea that contradicts it in the slightest, then you are shunned. Even as a Democrat, you'll be shunned. Jake Tapper makes an amazing point, a brilliant point. And it's the reason why many of us have left the Democrat Party. Yes, I was a Democrat because I would have to admit the truth. And if you've listened to the show, you know it's not the first time I've told you that I grew up in Berkeley. And actually, you know, great place to grow up for the most part. But the politics are kind of loony. Even a young person, I said, this is one-sided. This is so one-sided. But, I mean, it's the good side, so that's okay. It's the good side. And you're completely brainwashed in, in public education. Complete uh, brainwashing of politics into the discipline. And But I'm sure it's worse, way worse now. Why is there an unwillingness to acknowledge that different viewpoints are a strength that there are strength. Maybe you're on the right. Maybe you're on the left. Do you agree that by hearing things you might disagree with, that that's actually going to make you stronger, help you uh, with your own paradigm, with your own way of seeing the world. Are you open to adapting to, to looking at things in a different way? Cause I am a hundred percent. And I think I've demonstrated that I voted for Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Then I supported Donald Trump. And my support of Donald Trump didn't grow out of, oh my gosh, this guy is so great. Like maybe many of you, if you're listening, many of my supporters, listeners, and just casual listeners do greatly consider themselves, you know, Trump, Trump, Trump. That's just not me. And I'm very, uh, uh, have grown very sympathetic as I've seen him be torn down. He was torn down and there was lies. And, and then, I, then I started looking at how the media lies about other things. And they just tear people down and create division. I became very sympathetic to the Patriot movement. You, you look at how they just lie about people like Joe Rogan and the ivermectin, you know, saying that CNN saying he took horse tranquilizers when it's a, a pill that uh, ivermectin, it's won all these awards. It's like been used for so long. The World Health Organization is like one of the best, most used things, um, antiviral medications in the world. Uh, and they're saying that he's taken a, a horse tranquilizer or, or a horse medication rather. So, you know, I have my cat, Miko, he's on my bed. 
he likes the sound of my voice. He's falling asleep. I told him, I said, you can come in the room while I record the podcast, but you're going to have to lie down. And he just goes over there. He just lies down. Like he, he's like, okay, daddy. Like he understands. It's amazing, isn't it? How the animals, they understand us. And so he's the mascot. Miko, you're the mascot of the Dan Kingston podcast. Maybe, you know, if he's misbehaving, he might come over here and he might give a meow. Cats are so misunderstood. And of course, they're smarter than uh, than dogs. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. If you own a dog, I'm joking. But if you own a cat, what about people that own dogs and cats? I think those are true libertarians or true independents. If you own a cat and a dog. I do think that if you're a carnivore and you got to hunt, you got to make it for yourself. If you got to hunt, and that's more like a, a cat, right? Dogs, they get handouts. And that's more like a, a Democrat, maybe? I don't know. Are, are there Democrats out there that see the hypocrisy? I wonder about this. Or all the, they're all like loony, turning all into loony Berkeleyites. And there's nobody left on, on the left that believes in the Constitution anymore. Is the Constitution antiquated? You know, that's a, that's a real question with COVID, with the Patriot Act, with the endless wars, but especially now with COVID, the COVID lockdowns forever, forever and ever. And they said originally it was going to be six weeks here in the Bay Area, San Francisco. That said it'd be a, you know, a few weeks, six weeks, two years later, right? And under this lockdown or emergency measures or whatever you call it, has the U.S. Constitution been suspended? Because you got wide reports now that certain polling precincts in Virginia blocked individuals that were maskless from voting. And this is widely reported now. Even in counties that did not have a mask mandate, there's being reports that individuals are required to wear masks to vote. Now, isn't it clearly unconstitutional to prevent someone from voting for not wearing a mask unless there's some kind of um, public health emergency and if there's no mask mandate in place? How, how is that possible? And why is there all these mask mandates still in place when hospitalization rates are way down Death rates are way down all across the board, virtually, virtually. Yes, there's a few hot spots. Chances are where you live, it's way down across the board for a number of reasons. Mostly because, if I had to guess, natural immunity. Probably. And then we know how to treat, we know how to treat it better, don't we? And we have more options to treat it better. A lot's been learned. So you got to ask yourself now, is the U.S. Constitution, is it just kind of for show? Is it antiquated? Is it still the law of the land? That's what, that's the question. You know, I had a, um, a really good friend in college, foreign exchange student from Europe. And his name was Philippe. And he just really took me aback. You know, I, I had, uh, even growing up in Berkeley, had a lot of pride for this country, 
and the U.S. Constitution and the gift that the United States Constitution really has been to the world. Up there with the pyramids, in my belief, a lot of pride. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, that you can be who you want to be in this country. A lot of pride for that. Even growing up in Berkeley, somehow managed to hold on to that. And I, I was just taken so far aback when the, his friend, Philippe, you know, he's talking about, we're talking about politics, and he, he just talks about how our Constitution, the, the United States Constitution, they're taught, is antiquated. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't, they're taught that the U.S. Constitution gets in the way of progress. And that it blocks them from, blocks us rather, from achieving things and from getting things um, done. And you know, that's true. That's true, because a lot of the stuff that people want to get done is just no good. It's trash. And that's what the U.S. Constitution, you know, is protecting your liberty from people trying to do dumb stuff all the time. And of course, people want to tear it down. They want to tear down the Constitution because it's it's looked at as like this pesky, this pesky thing that gets in the way of progress. Just like Philippe was taught, you know. Oh, the the United States is so backward because they have to abide by this piece of paper. Well, maybe everyone else is backwards for not having any values that they abide to. That they they don't have a constitution, you know. Have you ever met somebody and, and you just know, man, they got a backbone. They have a spine. They have a, their value system is so rock solid that, uh, you know, you know exactly what they stand for. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about what you stand for politically. I'm not talking about that. You know, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Uh, uh, you know? I'm talking about that you have um, a deep constitution that goes deeper than that. Like, like everybody's created equal, right? Or like, I believe in treating people with kindness. I believe in working hard. Those are a constitution, personal constitutions you see in people. Work ethic. Um, people that are committed to education. And they're committed to their family. Or they're committed to the causes they believe in, yes. And uh, but not to, you know, if your constitution could be anything, and it could be bad, it could be badly written. And then you notice people that have badly written constitutions. Don't you notice that? And they they have a constitution that says maybe I just put myself first, and that's their constitution. You notice that about them, don't you? We notice this about people. We we see this, and of course it's great. Uh, that you have a good framework. But uh, up until recently, everybody agreed that the United States Constitution was great, that it was like a, a world wonder, truly is. Until recently. Now, there's a big push to throw it away, to, to completely throw it away. Because like Philippe said, it's antiquated. It's getting in the way of progress. And by the way, it was written by old white 
slave-owning men. So have to throw the whole thing out and you have to rewrite history. You have to cover up history. You can't make progress and you can't learn. And you can't look at the, the beauty that came out of compromise. That was the foundation and the creation of where we live right now and how freedom was born through compromise. Saying, you know what? I see things different than you. You things see things different than me. But guess what? We can agree to create a framework where we can live together as one American family and learn from each other. And that the diversity of ideas makes us stronger, doesn't it? So is the United States Constitution antiquated? Let me know your thoughts about that. And uh, have you ever heard that? Maybe you were an immigrant to this country and, and you were taught that. Or maybe you're an American and you believe that. Is the U.S. Constitution antiquated? I believe in defending the United States Constitution. I believe it's completely unconstitutional to deny individuals from voting because they are not wearing a mask. That's outrageous. It's outrageous. Uh, the vaccine mandates, the giant power grabs uh, that COVID-19, you know, using COVID-19 as an excuse, really, to grab power and to soften, to dampen, to deride, to derail, to make irrelevant the United States Constitution by all means necessary. I think this is happening on the left and the right by politicians who see it as a pesky, a pesky document that they just have to officially recognize, but really gets in the way. But you know who really hates the, the United States Constitution and the whole notion of citizenship circling back around are the elite globalists the people with $100 billion, $200 billion, the club of a uh, 100 of them or so, and they suck blood. And I hate to say bad things about people like Elon Musk, and, uh, but, you know, and he might be the exception, but you don't know. You can't trust these people when you hear reports of what happened with Epstein. You know the children are getting the blood sucked out of them, and you, you think I'm crazy and paranoid for that. I, you Google Google this. This is a real thing. You got blood, young blood transfusions happening all over the world. And, uh, and probably the worst of it's China, honestly. I mean, what they're doing with the Uyghurs in the uh, Xinjiang region, there's a genocide happening right now in China. A genocide right now. And uh, you got an entire hostage, a nation hostage in North Korea. Yet, you know, you have all these things happening in the world, but it's all you hear about is, is COVID, COVID, COVID. All you hear about is COVID, 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 and what the environment might be like in 100 years, what the environment might be like, and COVID, 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 and then, oh, environmental catastrophe, COVID, 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 pronoun this, he or she, pronoun, pronoun Chappelle. Do you see the lunacy? Do you see what's happening? They're turning us against each other because they're afraid of us. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. 